What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. And I'm Savannah. And we're back here again. One more time. You know what? Let me, let me just slide to the side real quick and just make mention because I know people are already going to complain about this episode. I don't care. I like Love is Blind. I like dissecting the couples on this. I know some of you don't watch reality TV. And every time we post this episode, people make comments. Well, I don't want to talk about this because I don't watch reality TV. Well, that's you. It's the number one show on Netflix. Every time it comes out, it's trending on Twitter. People are talking about it. And also we get a ton of requests from people asking us to cover this episode. So yeah, we do try to cater for as many people as possible. But yes, if you are one of those people who are not into reality TV, that is fine. Skip this episode. Feel free to skip it. That's what I do. When I listen to podcasts, sometimes there's episodes I don't like, so I just skip it. Even on this podcast, sometimes we talk about things I'm not that interested in. I just suck it up. Fair. <laughs> like Ray's voice. Joking. Normal, healthy response to something. Joking. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so... Yes, we're talking about the show that we all love to hate, Love is Blind, Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Oh, man. I was so reluctant to watch this show because I wasn't over the fuckery in the last season, what with SK and Raven and all the characters. But I remember all my friends were like, have you seen Love is Blind? Even ones you didn't normally watch Love is Blind because I sort of introduced them to it. They were like, have you watched, have you watched it? And I was like... I'm not really ready for the fuckery. And I wasn't ready for the fuckery for this season. Yeah, this show is very much an emotional roller coaster. I find myself actually getting sucked into it. And I think it's because for the most part, these are regular people. There's a few cloud chases on here, but for the most part, you actually feel like you know some character of these people in your own life. Yeah, or you can see yourself in some of the characters, for sure. Very true. Also that. I actually think this was one of the better seasons. I mean, I thought... Season two and season three were like complete dumpster fires with a bunch of irredeemable characters. <laughs> but this one... Mm. Okay, okay. So it was also still a dumpster fire <laughs> with a couple of irredeemable characters. But it was like, I guess, you know what? You know who saved it? Okay. All right. Let's just go ahead and say it. Our first couple we're going to talk about, Brett and Tiffany. Mm. I think they were just so adorably cute. Yeah. And individually, they're also really great people. I was talking to my sister prior to recording and we were just talking about how like Brett is not just a good partner but he seems to be a really really mature friend by the way this episode is going to contain spoilers so if you haven't seen most of the season again you might want to skip it because we're going to talk spoilers but the way he handled Jackie not showing up to her wedding dress fitting and the way he treated Marshall I thought that was also a really really solid friend because having to be the person to deliver that news must be really difficult. And he did it in a way that conveyed the message, but also gave Marshall the space to react how he wanted. He wasn't like, she's a fucking bitch. He's a prick. Oh my gosh. You know, he just, he relayed quite a difficult message, a message that he knew would, his friend would find distressing. And he gave his friend the space to deal with that. And I really respect that. He wasn't just trying to like basically shit star or anything like that. It's completely different to, do you remember when, was it Matt and Zenab in the last season when they were like hyping oh, yeah. each other up <laughs> to go blow up with their partners? <laughs> and they were in like the box, they were in like the boxing corner massaging each other's shoulders to go like beat like, up their partner. <laughs> just fanning each other's flames, like, yeah, 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 they shouldn't talk to you like that. Oh my God. You know, yeah, that was a completely different way to handle that kind of conflict. So, yeah, you can see that he's got a much more cool head on his shoulders compared to a lot of the other men on Love is Blind. And I think his story was pretty interesting because he's a guy that obviously had a lot of struggles in life, had a big tragedy happen with the passing of his brother. And I think admittedly, he probably is not the type of man that a lot of women would have looked at, at least women that he would want to date, maybe who are also similarly uh, business professionals because he doesn't have a college degree and he basically worked himself worked his way up and lucked out at a, you know, a design director job at a very large shoe retailer. So I think 
it's kind of an interesting thing. Like he's sort of a, a diamond in the rough type character, right? He's like, he's quite atypical for someone of his background to have found a way to make something of himself despite coming from a lot of poverty, despite coming from a lot of tragedy. And I think that's a really admirable quality in an individual. I think it, it speaks a lot to the strength of their character, uh, their curiosity, their drive. And he seems to be genuinely a good person. And his friends seem to be good people, right? They don't seem weird. They seem like very supportive of him. And I think contrast his friend group to like Bartice's friend group <laughs> from last season. <laughs> yeah. Actually, they weren't even medium ugly. They're just regular ugly dudes who had the nerve to talk down on Nancy's looks, which was pretty audacious of them. You didn't see any of that with Brett's friend group. So quite a departure from some of the like raggedy pieces of men that some of the former contestants of Love is Blind have surrounded themselves with. I think Jarrett is another one that had a really raggedy friend group, like just pathetic <laughs> fuckboys. So I do think you can tell a lot about a man by his friends. Like if his friends are all waste men, the guy's a waste man. Don't sit there thinking like, oh, he's different. Nah, like birds of a feather. As we'll get to with like Micah, a person's friends tells you a lot about about them as a person and what they value as well, because people tend to congregate with people who are similar to them in terms of friendships as well. So yeah, I think that's a really, really, that was a green flag seeing his friends um, and how they interacted with Tiffany. They treated her with respect. They didn't have any dodgy bombshells like, you know, Matt's friends had when they told Colleen, oh, that he yells a lot or something like that. Like they just seemed really cool and respectful and mature. One scene I thought was like so heart-wrenching was when Brett finally poured his heart out to Tiffany. It turns out she was dead sleep on the other side of that wall, which, okay, they're in the pods for a lot of hours. I've fallen asleep on guys before. Yeah, I know, me too. (laughs) I've fallen asleep on guys before, like, it happens. Like, when the body's tired, it's tired. The one thing I've learned from this show is just how sensitive a lot of men are, at least from this particular season anyways, because Brett looked absolutely done after Tiffany didn't respond. He was like, he looked so upset. Like he left and he was like, that's it. I was like, wow. I don't know that I would have like assumed the worst, but he was clearly, he probably said something very vulnerable. And since it's, I guess, a little bit harder for men sometimes to, especially a guy like himself, who's come from a lot of tragedy to say something that raw and real and for the person on the other side of the wall to not respond was probably uh, painful in some respects because he probably also has that like fear that he'll be rejected because of all of those things but i liked how they work through it the next time i predict they'll get married i've not yet seen the final episode but i definitely think they'll get married it almost feels like they had to manufacture drama in their relationship for the show because so far all their spats seem to be quite you know minor and and not indicative of like a fundamental compatibility issue like some of the other couples yeah, the most drama so far is it just seems like Tiffany's a bit overwhelmed with everything going on in her life and the wedding is just adding to that. Yeah, and the falling asleep at the beginning. Yeah, the falling asleep, of course, was like, yeah, inopportune moment, but whatever. I mean, they've said that they're in those pods for hours and hours and hours. So I feel like if you are you have a little bit to drink and even talking for a long time doesn't seem odd. And Tiffany's friends seem great and supportive of her as well. So I think that was also like a green flag. Unlike some other people who we'll get to, you know, with them, there's not much to really nitpick about. It seemed like they both went in there knowing uh, to a certain extent what they wanted. They're both stable in who they are. They're both stable in their careers. It didn't seem like they were going there looking for validation from anyone. Again, better than some other people and seem to have pretty good character. So I think everybody was sort of rooting for them. Yes. I can't think of a better couple, right? A better, more likable couple so far. Has there been a more likable couple in Love is Blind so far? I haven't watched season one. I haven't seen season one, but I've heard like Lauren and Cameron, but I haven't seen season one. So yeah, they're the other success story. I guess there's been a couple of success stories because technically there's also Amber and Barnett. But the thing is, is that Amber just comes off really unlikable to people. So people kind of don't root for them as much even though technically they've been married since the first season as well. But Lauren and Cameron, people still root for them because they're a little bit more, I guess, likable as people, although a little boring. But yeah, and then and then people don't like Alexa a lot because of her bullying and 
potty mouth really so i feel like alexan and brennan haven't really been embraced as like a symbolic love is blind couple the way lauren cameron were and now i think brett and tiffany are and then season two was like one big dumpster fire and i don't think anyone's still together <laughs> so no we're still together yeah so i think this might be the most successful couple to come out of at least at least from so far we see come out of a season of love is blind like neither of them came across badly the audience seems to both embrace them they come across like emotionally stable mature people they're not perfect but there's no like tea on them meaning like no one's like dropping like oh this person's a horrible no one's pulling up domestic violence records like some other contestants um had well fingers crossed thank oh god please you know (laughs) fingers crossed yeah fan favorite couple I think there's just so many green flags there, just their willingness to be honest with each other. And I think Brett's willingness to be with a woman who's a little bit like really tender and nice, I guess. I sometimes feel like women like Tiffany get take advantage of a lot because she just seems like she's actually a really sweet person. And it seems like that's a perfect thing for Brett right now in his life. And then for Tiffany, Brett is really, really supportive right? Like, you know, when she was having anxiety, he just went out of his way to make her feel more comfortable. You know, he took her on the plane trip and also like that really nice dinner when she was having all the anxiety about the wedding and he held her like, that's just all really good stuff. You know? Yeah. Wholesome. Happy for them. Real happy for y'all. All that. So are they the only couple that we kind of want to root for? I feel like, okay, so now that we got the healthy couple out of the way, let's go talk about the dumpster fires that was the rest of the cast here. Uh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's start dumpster firing. So people are saying, I'm going to go on to Zach and Irina slash Bliss next because, or from what I've seen, people are acting like Zach choosing Bliss is some magical love story but I don't think that is the case at all like I think that Zach doesn't deserve bliss purely because when they were in the pods he chose somebody who forgot his birthday over the woman who actually made an effort on his birthday and thought that was a logical decision like dude you're a lawyer like surely that just doesn't compute to me at all and then he is backtracking now. Like I do believe he genuinely likes Bliss, but it's complete horseshit that he's saying that she wasn't second best because he literally got engaged to another woman over her. When that didn't work out, he came crawling back. This is why when guys come back to you, it's not a compliment. Like most of the time, it's because their first choice didn't work out. So my interpretation of it was a bit different. I can totally see what you're saying. I thought he was too insecure to date Bliss because of the he was afraid of her family looking down on him, which her father did, let's be clear. <laughs> so like, and that was particularly triggering for him. And then someone like Irina was also from like uh, humble beginnings and a little bit more rough and tumble. So I felt like he thought they would have a little bit more of a connection or she would accept him for who he was. Personally, I think I'm kind of on the train that I still think, yeah, I don't think it was a good idea for her to get back with Zach after he picked Arena. The biggest reason for me is because I don't think you ever want to set it up where like a guy can come back in your life after he's already shown you that emotionally he's going to prefer another pattern that's familiar for him. Because like now I'm looking at this like, well, all the things that he said he was afraid of with Bliss's family is, is pretty much exactly what happens. Like Bliss's female relatives seem to be really nice, like her mom and her sister, etc. But then she introduced Zach to her father and that entire exchange was maybe his worst fear. Persona and so the question then becomes like, are you going to run away? Is this, are you going to self-sabotage the entire thing? There's just so many like big question marks to me. Like if her father never accepts Zach, like what is that going to do to their relationship? It's understandable though, why the dad was skeptical. Like I would totally get it partly because of how it played out. But I do think that they are quite well matched as a couple, but I just find this whole I don't know, it sort of reminds me of like an awful Nollywood story plot. I mean, Nollywood is Nigerian Hollywood. These sorts of plots were like the theme the whole time. Like, you know, the wholesome woman who was always nice to him, he overlooks her for the bitch. And then when she's finally done with him, T then gets with the wholesome woman and sees her worth this whole time. It's just nonsense. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, it's kind of whack. And that's the reason why it triggered me. Like, I think as people, they were always better suited. But the fact that Zach literally got engaged to somebody else who he had doubts about as well, I think that's a that's a much bigger problem. Like, I'm not buying this whole is such a love story that they ended up together because he literally chose somebody else. Yeah, I'm not buying that either. I think that she's like giving a little bit of her power away by entertaining him again. And I honestly wouldn't because like, again, I don't think I mean, it's hard to even gauge with them as a couple because in addition to Paul and Micah, where I don't get their emotional connection at all. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't see how they have any connection. Like, I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you know what I mean? Like, maybe it's just about making her dad mad by like dating beneath her. <laughs> is now what I'm thinking, like based on the exchange like Blish had with her father and like what happened with her older sister who apparently ran away with one of her dad's workers at his company and doesn't speak to her dad anymore. That it might just be about like deliberately choosing men that on some level are not worth it so that she could just piss her dad off. Even though her dad seems like a very controlling boomer type dad and I don't blame her for wanting to tell him to buzz off. I'm getting more less like I love this particular person and more like I'm with Zach because I feel like I have something to prove to my father. It'll be interesting to see how that relationship plays out. I think they will probably get married, but I'll be interesting to see if like Rose said, Zach's insecurities and the the lack of acceptance from Bliss's dad ends up being a bigger problem in their relationship down the line. Yeah. Plus the other thing I didn't like about Zach was like all the stupid questions he had at the beginning, like, oh, I'm a stripper or he was like making up stupid um, scenarios. Was he? And they weren't even funny. Yeah. I remember like at the beginning of the pods, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, I just kind of feel like that speaks to his inability to like, he's just not emotionally in a place where he can just be honest about himself and his struggles without like trying to like test people. You know what I mean? Even if it's like a stupid test, like I just thought that whole exchange was really immature. Like again, like I get why he's the way he is. Like he grew up very poor. He had a lot of housing instability. His mother was a sex worker and he's probably been judged for that for a lot of reasons and feels very insecure about that. So I get it. But I just feel like the way that he handles it's pretty immature. And I actually, in some respects, think Irina, because she also handles a lot of her insecurities in a very immature way, is probably why they are more equally yoked. And I think if there was more physical attraction between them, then I don't necessarily think he would have gone for Bliss. I think you're right in the sense of like, I don't think Bliss should have accepted Zach back in any way, shape or form. And that emotionally, I think that he's actually probably more on Arena's level. It's just there wasn't enough physical attraction between the two to, to justify it to keep going. And you can just kind of see that from like the moment they met. Like when they met each other in the first reveal, it did not look like either of them were into each other physically. <laughs> to be fair, Irina had a good point. Zach's stare is like that serial killer stare it is so intense like the way he stares that would make me feel uncomfortable so i mean she said i mean she was a bit rude about it but she did sort of have a point like his stare is quite intense and he kept doing it as well (laughs) yeah he's intense right like he has issues (laughs) and i think that's why i'm kind of wondering why bliss wants to take him on as a project but i think irina also has issues like she talked about her acne and being bullied and coming from Russia and not having, you know, being able to fit in. And so I feel like the way that she deals with her insecurities is very much the same way where she kind of deflects and attacks and like tries to test people. And so I can see just watching them both of their behavior. I'm like, oh, I see why they connected because in some ways they're like, they have equally toxic coping mechanisms for their trauma. Yeah. I don't think Bliss should settle for Zach. There's nothing there for me to be like, oh, this is totally something that's worth your time. I don't get it. But (laughs) okay so what did you think of the arena bliss arena paul arena zach drama because arena was in the middle of some mess when she said that she fancied paul yeah so okay so in the beginning in the pods micah and arena became bffs and they were a lot of times making fun of the other girls on the show i didn't understand that i thought that was really really bitchy and unnecessary especially when i think it was bliss who was crying was it amber actually amber was upset that want to say Paul didn't choose her and Irina was like eavesdropping and giggling. I just thought, what the fuck? Yeah. And then her being really passive aggressive to Bliss about the birthday candles and then deciding she doesn't like Zach, so she wants to go after Paul and flirt with Paul. 
And I'm like, oh, Arena's the type of girl, in my opinion, anyways, is that I think she just wants to feel like she could take a guy from another girl, even if she doesn't actually want that guy. Well, first of all, she's in this competition with Bliss for Zach. She doesn't even want Zach when they meet each other. Now she's in an imaginary competition with Micah for Paul. And Paul doesn't want Arena. So it's like Arena just is kind of messy. Like she just, I feel like she's a person, once again, horrible way of dealing with her insecurities. And now the way she deals with her insecurities, she tries to like, she tries to feel like she's superior to other women. And she only wants that guy insofar as like, he's unavailable and she feels like she could take him. That's my impression of her. I mean, obviously there is, I'll caveat and say there's probably a lot that isn't aired in terms of the footage. But when she was like, I was really attracted to Paul in the confessionals and to Zach. I remember thinking, but I don't think he feels the same way. You know, she was saying it like almost like it's a reciprocal thing. Like there's a connection with me and Paul. And I don't think he said or he felt the same. So I I found that a bit strange. Exactly. Yeah. She was making it seem like it was a given. Like, again, I think she just likes needling other women. I think that's just like a thing she has because she's insecure. I mean, uh, Chelsea clocked her a little bit. Remember? That's when I actually started to like Chelsea is when she clocked clocked, clocked Micah and Irina and was like, yeah, sometimes people sit around talking shit because they're real insecure. (laughs) I was like, bam, you said it. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean... I think she kind of got the ending and the edit she deserved. I do think it was right that I don't think she should have ever accepted Zach's proposal, to be honest. I'm not really sure why. Because, like you know, like I think she's one of those contestants. Every, every season has that contestant where it's like, you are just not a fit for the show. Like, why would you go on it? Like, have you not seen how the show works? And I think that Arena is one of those people. I think she has a type. And that's fine. But then the show's not for you if you have a particular type and you will go and you're only interested in pursuing a relationship with that type. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I don't see the point in you being on the show. Yeah, I kind of know what you mean in the sense of like, yes, the experiment is called Love is Blind. And ideally, everybody sees with their heart and not their eyes. But truthfully, this happens every season where a couple meets and they just don't have a physical chemistry and there's nothing that can be done about that. So I'm not even like really, I don't get mad at the contestants who realize like this just isn't right. It's just, it's all in how they handle it from there. Right. And I think with her, like she kept her distance for a while and okay. And to be fair to them, I know they kind of forced them to go to Mexico once they get engaged. So I'm serious. Like, I don't like how women, especially because like, it feels very rapey to be like, you have to have sex while you're on vacation if you're not physically attracted to that person. Right. So I know the pressure. Remember, they only know each other like a week or so before they go to Mexico. And so they go to Mexico and they're supposed to be like, quote, exploring their physical chemistry. But if you know from jump when you saw the person like, oh, I don't want to fuck this person. I feel like it's just kind of a messed up thing for the women, you know, because now it's just like, a horny guy that you're stuck in a hotel room with that you don't want to have sex with. And so that's how they ended up being on opposite sides of the bed. Yeah. (laughs) For the entire vacation. And then when they finally just both admitted like they weren't into each other, it was like this toxic cloud fume like diffused because then they were just both like negging each other. (laughs) Yeah. And that was probably like the most they'd spoken during the whole holiday after they decided it was over. He's like, yeah, I don't like how you look at all. (laughs) She's like, yeah, you're just not my type. And then they were just going back and forth like that. And I was like, yeah, that's like the most, I feel like that was under the surface the whole time. And then once they spoke it, they could just get it all out. And then they just get it all out. Yeah. (laughs) Part ways. Cause she was like, I don't even think we should sit together on the plane ride home. And I was like, well, damn, like she's not. Yeah, she was done. Which, okay, I get it. I don't like this aspect of the show. There's got to be a way if you're not sexually attracted to your partner as a woman, like they should not be trying to force you or press you to have sex with someone against your will. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just everything else about her personality besides that was the problem, but not really that she didn't want to have sex with Zach because whatever. Um, But yeah, Five is Bliss would have sent him backpacking. So there's not really much to say about them that makes me feel inspired by Bliss and Zach as a couple. And again, I think they're well suited, but I just really, really don't like the origin of their story. And I think that Bliss deserves better. It almost gave me, it's not as bad, I don't think, but it almost took me back to season two with Jared and Iyana when Jared proposed to Mallory, she blew him off and then he went back to Iyana, literally straight after and proposed. It's just like, 
I just don't think any woman, especially a woman like Bliss or any woman really, deserves to be humiliated that way in the sense that he literally chose somebody else over you despite you clearly giving more of a shit about him. And then the way he tried to like talk her out of it was like not romantic at all, right? It wasn't even like he was like, oh, let me show you how much I feel for you. It was like, well, you shouldn't feel offended by that. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was very much... He went back into that lawyer speak, isn't it? You know, when they like... Yes, that's it. On technicalities, like, okay, do you know what I mean? That was when I was like, yeah, you're a dickhead. Because everyone was like, oh yeah, he made a mistake, he knew it. And I was like, no, he didn't. He basically tried to manipulate her into believing that she wasn't his second choice, when that's exactly what she was, because his first choice didn't work out. I don't see, like, if Irina had worked out, I don't see Zach going back to Bliss because it's not like he had doubts about Arena as a person, but he just didn't like the fact that Arena wasn't making an effort. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. He just didn't like that they weren't getting physical. So I think if the physical chemistry had been there, then he probably would not have come back to Bliss. Do you remember when Zach was like trying to make out like, if she doesn't stop putting an effort, I'm going to walk away. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh my God. It's like, mate. He's lame. I'm not a fan of this guy at all. Yeah, screw you. Screw you. Yeah, and it's not because he has the background he has. It's 100% his current personality. <laughs> That's that couple. Next on the list is Irina's BFF, Micah, and her man, Paul. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But really the Micah-Paul-Kwame love triangle. Kwame. It's Kwame. It's not Kwame. It's not Kwame? Kwame? It's not Kwame. Like, it's supposed... It, it's a Ghanaian name, like... It would normally, well, by people in the Western world, it would be Kwame. That's the proper pronunciation. I'm not sure what, because like Kwame sounds better than Kwame. I see. Surely. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure he just Americanized it because people probably just kept calling him Kwame. And <laughs> he has like self-hate issues, clearly. Well, well, no, he wanted to be called Alex. So there's clear self-hate. Oh, right. There. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's pull over. Alex. Do you remember? <laughs> Yes, I am tired. I'm tired of these men of color who come on the show who hate themselves and their culture and do everything to embarrass themselves and their culture with their like constant approval sinking antics and like disregard of women of their own culture to like, I don't know, to just chase after white women and then cry when they get rejected. It's just like top tier embarrassing for them, really. But I need them to find some dignity like real quick. (laughs) But the thing is, I don't think they care about dignity. They just want to date a particular type of woman. And usually these men of color, they're after white women in particular. So uh, Sheik, um, SK, Kwame. Yeah, it was Shake, SK, Kwame. There's always one. But my thing is, is like, these guys think it's because of their race. It doesn't occur to them. It's like, no, it's because you're medium ugly. It's because you're ugly, bro. Like, it's not like, it's always the guys crying True. about like True. racial True. bias that no one, someone just needs to pull them aside and be like, no, it's actually just because you're ugly, bro. Like, you're having trouble not because it, it stop projecting your ugly problems on everybody else. But I just feel like watching both of them and shake and like their entire behavior is just like, I don't know why they keep finding this type of man to put on the show every, maybe they purposely seek out reality TV because actually the tea was spilled that Kwame actually tried out for Married at First Sight and was rejected from that show. So these guys just have like deep seated issues with their culture and race. And it's just like, you know what I mean? It just gets a lot of secondhand cringe, like watching them like literally crying because like (laughs) they're not getting enough dates from white women. Like, I don't know what to say about it. So Kwame's rationale for choosing Chelsea was odd to me because it seemed like stemming from his insecurities about possibly being a black man and not getting the sorts of women, white women that he wanted. It was like... I need her to tell me that she wants me sort of thing. And Chelsea was happy to do that. Yeah, Chelsea's really into him. And once again, I don't get it because Kame just isn't very uh, affectionate towards her and he's pretty borderline rude. And I mean, not even actually not even borderline. He's very rude towards her. And the entire conversation he had with Micah, where he was clearly still emotionally hanging off Micah's every word, inappropriate. I think for me, that was even worse than the situation with Bartise and Raven, not even because Raven shut Bartise down, but I think at least we're basically like 
awarding a rabid dog with a scrap here. But at least like Bartice was seemed somewhat aware that there wasn't a chance with Raven. He was just chatting shit and slightly trying to shoot his shot, but also knew that the ship had sailed, right? Somewhat. But yeah, Kwame was just, it was almost like he was happy to continue having that connection with Micah. And he never once shut, you know, Micah down when she was like, I still love you. I still care about you. All that, all that stuff. Like, yeah, snake behavior. Absolute waste man behavior. Yeah. And she made sort of a, an off color joke about here's to failed engagement. She was clearly triggered him. Yeah. <laughs> he took it to the depths of his soul. He took to the depths of his soul. Which I actually thought was hilarious. I died. <laughs> Micah's defense, I probably would have said some shit like that too. <laughs> and again, like surely, like that should have been a sign that this woman, you might really like her, but she doesn't rate you in the same way. And that's fine. You know, but he took it to the depths of his soul and had like, tried to have a couple's meeting about it. She literally didn't care. Exactly. And she don't care, right? Like she was totally amused by the entire situation and just loving the attention, but she doesn't care about Kwame. She just wants to keep him in the the hook because she, you know, she likes having a dramatic storyline and likes attention more or less. But I just thought, listen, I don't think there's anything wrong with him being disappointed that he didn't get chosen in the pods and like crying because he thought they had a connection. It was like a little much, but it was interesting just to see like his like inability to let it go or complete disregard of Chelsea. At that point, I just feel like, I feel like he proposed to Chelsea to stay on the show and he's just like clout chaser that wants to be on TV. I don't think his connection with Chelsea's real. I think Chelsea thinks it's real, but I think he's just going through the motions and doing the barest of minimums of what he has to do in order to keep being on TV yeah he's not into her and it's a shame because chelsea even though i think she can be quite intense and a bit passive aggressive but she does seem to be in for the experiment you know and to really be serious about finding marriage and stuff like that and she's just shacked up with a guy who just isn't into her in the same way so once again cuter than him he's so medium ugly to me like (laughs) maybe not even medium ugly like i think she's just like looks wise actually more attractive to him I think even aside from looks, his whole personality and his outlook, like, because I know that some people of colour choose to anglicise their names for pronunciation, but I generally find that quite off-putting, especially if it's something quite subtle, like, you know, Kwame versus Kwame. Like, why wouldn't you just, do you know what I mean? I would find that off-putting personally. And I'm just thinking, are you ashamed of your culture or do you hate yourself? Something like that. I mean, he clearly is, right? That's what's sort of off-putting about him. I feel for him coming from a very like similarly religious strict background that you can go through a period of you just kind of want to distance yourself from certain ways of how you were brought up. Yeah, it does seem like he just doesn't have any like dignity or something, right? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't mean you have to like embrace everything about your culture, but it's one thing to go from humble beginnings and still have like a sense of your own self pride and not be begging for validation. Yeah, I mean, I just look at the difference between how Brett deals with his upbringing and his trauma and his poverty versus the way that Kwame and Zach do. And you can kind of just see the difference in the healthy coping mechanism for it or the healthy way to express it versus these other two guys who just seem like they're begging for a lot of validation, which kind of understandable giving where they come from but then i think what makes it so off-putting is like the emotional intensity behind it you know what i mean behind the like desperation for validation from these people it is sad in a way that they feel this way but at the same time it's like that's definitely and i would say to any person of color that's definitely something i would advise you unpack before you start dating people because if you go in with this sort of inferiority complex you are going to have a bad time dating 100 percent guaranteed especially if it's around your skin color or your background or your heritage. And you could potentially also hurt a lot of people in the meantime, like Kwame is doing to Chelsea. <laughs> I peg Kwame as a cheater too. I think he's going to cheat on Chelsea. That's just my like. <laughs> I think it's another SK. Because you could just see his whole body language is just... He's technically cheated already, though, at least emotionally, because he's still like into Micah, openly into her. I think he's just looking for an opportunity and an exit. I think he wants to look like a nice guy on TV and stay on TV and that at the first opportunity, he's going to bounce, which makes me feel bad for Chelsea. But Chelsea was forcing this relationship. 
Yeah, she was quite intense sometimes, especially when they were talking about incompatibilities and she basically said, oh, well, we've got marriage to, you know, like basically like when we get married, we'll get over it. And it's like, uh, no, <laughs> that's not, <laughs> you know, marriage isn't the band-aid for every issue or argument or compatibility talk that you have. Like you talk about these things prior to marriage, but it seems like, to, I don't know if it's because she, I'm not sure if she said that because she's just trying to get him down the aisle because she senses that maybe he's not into it. So she's trying to lock him down with marriage. I don't know if that's why she's saying that, but yeah, that's not a way to see marriage. It's not a case of, oh, we'll figure it out when we get married. We've got marriage to figure that out when it's like, you need to figure that out before. Otherwise you won't be married for very long. For sure. And I think because she doesn't feel secure in that relationship and she shouldn't, that sometimes she does things that are a bit passive aggressive or she tries to like force compliments. She tries to force feed him compliments to say to her. And she did that a bunch of times uh, in a few of the scenes where they're out, like when they were at the suit fitting shop and shopping, like she kept trying to force compliments out of Kwame that he didn't, he wasn't just freely giving her. And I think that's just insecurity. I mean, she's making a lot of bids for attention and because this is in the Gottman Institute, right? And this is one of the ways in which they can tell if a marriage or a relationship is going to be successful long term. So in a normal relationship, couples make bids for attention all the time. So it could be like, hey, I've had a bad day, bid for attention. Oh, hey, look at this TV show. Hey, I'm going out. And these are all like subtle cues that you want your partner to engage with you emotionally. And the more successful relationships, in the more successful relationships, partners respond two bids of attention because they recognize that their partner is trying to connect with them in some way, right? But the bids of attention that I see that Chelsea is like throwing out to Kwame, it seems like he misses all of them. And that's a key sign that he's just not invested in the relationship because... He doesn't care. He doesn't care, exactly. So he's not invested. So in a relationship where two people are invested, they'll turn towards each other, almost like Brett and Tiffany do, like, they turn towards each other as when in Kwame and Chelsea's relationship, he turns away from her or shuts her down as being passive aggressive or intense or rude or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So I think it's just that they're fundamentally incompatible. He's for whatever reason hung up on Micah. And I don't know. I feel bad. I feel like Chelsea's going to get her heart broken and it makes me kind of sad because I don't think he's a good dude. I don't think he's like an actively horrible dude, but I also don't think he's, I think he's like extremely self-interested and self-serving and uh, combine that with like the level of insecurity he has, it's going to be difficult for him to be in a relationship with someone. So yeah, I don't like, yeah, I don't like him for her. I hope Chelsea moves on to someone better. <laughs> Which brings us to Micah and Paul, who I just don't get as a couple. I don't get it. I don't see what, they had in common i don't yeah i don't see it at all i literally cannot tell why these two like each other so i don't even know how to dissect this relationship because no i don't know either most boring couple i've seen in the entire season maybe so far in all the seasons just like a bland couple i have no idea why they're into each other and big fat question mark about their emotional profile because i'm like he admittedly says he's an environmental scientist he mostly dates women who are way more earthy more into like he said what do you call them witchcraft or he, he liked women who were witches like brewing their own kombucha they have their own gardens yeah into yoga i can definitely see like him dating that sort of woman for sure so what does he have in common with micah I don't even know what to say about Micah. Once again, I don't get the obsession with her. I don't think she's into him that much either. Yeah, I don't get, I don't see it either. I don't know if she's, once again, if she just wants to be on television, just wants to get that blue check on Instagram, you know, why she's going through with it with these guys. Like they didn't have a moment where you felt like, oh, they're totally emotionally connecting. And even Paul kept saying things like, oh, she thinks the same that I do about life and et cetera. And I'm like, I feel like she's the type of person that would just say whatever the guy wants to hear. She just wants to be wanted. Just to dangle the carrot. And her friends, oh my gosh, her friends, wow. Yeah, her friends were different. I mean, I don't know. I just, I think they're not going to make it down the aisle because you could tell Paul got the ick after meeting her friends. Like he could see physically, like visibly, like he left. And then she was like, 
well, why don't you care what they think? And he's like, I just don't. (laughs) But meaning like he doesn't respect her friends. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, again, it was edited, but I, I just feel like it was a bit, I'm not sure how she came to the conclusion that Paul wasn't right for Micah, unless she knows the sort of drama that Micah likes to tangle herself in, possibly. But yeah, I just got really, really bad vibes from Micah's friends. But then again, it's like, if you look at how she treated other women in the pods, it sort of checks out, to be honest. Yeah, I think she just seems really shallow, more or less. And I bet her friends were kind of hinting at that, like, oh, I don't like him for because like, I mean, again, with Paul, like, he seems like he wants an emotional connection with someone, but I just don't see a lot of emotional depth from Micah at all. So that's why I'm just kind of confused. No, I don't. I'm confused at like why they're together. And maybe there was some and it just wasn't shown. But I mean, they definitely framed her as a more like manipulative person, her and Irina. And a more like, oh, I just want all the guys here to want me vibe. So, which whatever. I mean, far be it for me to like tell these women they can't get their 15 minutes, I suppose. But it just, it does make it hard to dissect because it doesn't feel, nothing about it feels genuine. Where some of the other couples, you can tell that they were in the experiment and it felt genuine. It just doesn't feel genuine coming from Micah. Like, does she actually want to be married? I don't know. I don't think she does, to be honest. Or at least she doesn't want to be married to any of the guys in the pods anyway. So, yeah, I don't even know what to say about that couple as well. I don't think they'll get married. They shouldn't get married. Paul should go and find his kombucha-making, yoga, twisting. Other half, earthy, other half. Which brings us to the last couple. (laughs) Well, couples, couples, technically. Love triangle. Yeah. Jackie and Marshall, (laughs) and then Jackie and Josh. Listen. Oh, man. I knew Jackie and Marshall were not going to work out from, <laughs> from the pod conversation. And then it was solidified to me when she saw him in person. I was like, oh, she's not into him sexually. It's never going to work. I mean, he's shorter than she usually dates. Anything about this man, like one day he's going to do something that annoys her and she's going to blow up all over him because she's not sexually attracted to him. Isn't that basically what she did though? When she said like, basically you're not man enough and we don't even have sex and whatever. Basically did that. And I think it's easy to overfocus on her because like she's got, she wears all her issues. She just doesn't have the most emotionally mature way of dealing with her problems. But like Marshall's also like a very much a nice guy trademark, quote, quote. Yeah, he was. He kind of icked me out too, to be honest. Like, I don't think he's a horrible guy, but I think he's like emotionally codependent and manipulative. Then the way he was like, tell me what I need to do to make this work. And I thought at this point, he knew that, you know, that she wasn't feeling it as well. But he kept on asking that question, which I thought was a bit strange, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I just looked at it from jump and I was like, oh, she's going to bail. She's not into him. This is where it gets weird because I feel like she tried to make it work because she knew Marshall would probably be much different than the guys she normally dates who are clearly emotionally unavailable, admittedly so. So her trying to engage with Marshall was like her trying to throw herself in this experiment, but ultimately she wasn't physically attracted to him. So like, I don't think it ever would have gone anywhere off that alone. And so I think where it got weird and toxic was just, I think Marshall just kept trying to hang on and emotionally connect with her. And she's not a person that can articulate her feelings in a way that's very... I don't know how to explain it. Like she's not emotionally articulate. So like Marshall continuously trying to engage with her in a way that's a little bit more emotionally articulate was never going to work because she doesn't have the depth of that kind of knowledge or experience of telling people those types of things. And you could tell like the way that she talked about other people, like calling Irina a peasant and all this kind of stuff. Like she's kind of a mean girl too. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, but also fair. Irina was kind of like kind of terrible to other women. So whatever. Like... Yeah, she straight up called Irina a peasant. I'm laughing if we don't that, but I, I swear that's like a, I swear that's like an African American such African insult because my dad calls people he doesn't like he calls them peasants as well. <laughs> peasant. I think that's definitely African vernacular. Yeah, we don't like. worldwide African vernacular for this person is beneath me. <laughs> Peasant. Even if that person is earning more than you, if you don't like them, just call them a peasant. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional peasant. 
Yeah, she's just not very emotionally articulate. And so Marshall keeps trying to engage with her in a level that she can't. She can't. (laughs) So it just was never going to work, right? I think that was, you know, the emotional connection they made with the pods. Like, I think it was very new for her. And she said that. She's like, I've never had a guy cook for me. I've never had a guy engage with me or like break down my walls or talk to me like this. And so all this is very new to her. And I think... Marshall wants to have these like sophisticated therapist led conversations with her that she just cannot do. Yeah. And I think Josh as well. Oh, that was <laughs> also an emotional peasant, but that's what I'm saying. I think they were actually kind of equally yoked when I saw Josh and when I saw Marshall, I was like, Oh, she's going to regret picking Marshall. Yes. Josh is like probably her more emotional type pattern as well as I don't know if I call him more physically attractive than Marshall, but he has a better hairline, that's for sure. <laughs> and he dresses nicer. I mean, when I saw Josh, I was like, okay, this guy's mid, I think. He's not anything. Like, yeah, he's mid. I wouldn't say he's substantially more attractive than Marshall, personally, but clearly Jackie thought otherwise. So Josh is actually... The other thing, too, is Josh is an athlete. So she says she normally dates, like, tall, tatted-up athlete types. So Josh is, like, apparently... I see. ...trained in MMA and jiu-jitsu. So physically, I was like, oh, yeah, she's probably... Like, that's the guy that she wants to be with. But there's some, like, tea in terms of the editing. So Jackie's been on social media talking about how she got the villain edit, basically, because the show, well, basically says that she met up with Josh and almost agreed to give their relationship a go, you know, while she was still with Marshall. So, you know, in that episode where she meets Josh in the cafe and they agree to get together and she kisses him. And then the next scene or a couple of scenes after that, she's telling Marshall that it's over. But Jackie is claiming that the scene in the cafe happened after she'd split up with Marshall and they edited it to make out like she was cheating on Marshall, basically. Yeah, I figured they would do that. It's for maximum drama. I could see it either way. But either way, I definitely feel like it was good for her to break things off with Marshall. And I think she should have maybe done that even sooner because I think she was trying to give it a go. And then when she was done, she just doesn't have a very mature way of letting a guy down easy. So she picks fights, right? So like, I feel like a lot of those moments were her just like sabotaging the relationship because she didn't want to be in anymore so she was just picking fights with him and it was really unfair like to marshall but it was ultimately for the best anyway and i think that again it's just that ugh, he was also intense i mean not like chelsea intense but i think that marshall was also quite intense in some of the ways that he almost tried to be overtly accommodating and like you said it was quite clear that Jackie didn't have the capacity for that, but he kept trying to push it. I mean, even the beginning when like he was going to fight Josh over Jackie, I was like, this guy is such a clown. Like, first of all, yeah, Josh is an athlete and he would have like definitely put Marshall into the floor. That's just the reality of it. <laughs> Team stud power driver. <laughs> and I know people called him Will Smith on the show, but like it definitely gave the like, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth moment like with Marshall where like he just had all this like pent up emotional dysregulation that he was ready to take out on Josh but I'm like don't get yourself embarrassed on television man like (laughs) it was just like okay so on some levels I guess it's kind of romantic and I think a lot of women like the idea that a guy would defend would fight for her right if he really really likes her and I think Jackie also really liked that at first but then again it just seems like a guy who's sort of just like emotionally needy right And for someone that emotionally needy, he needs someone a lot more emotionally articulate and a lot more emotionally educated than Jackie is. But I think Jackie's beautiful. She's probably the type of girl that he always wishes that he could get with. And so that rejection really hurt because he's into her physically, obviously, but emotionally, like she just, she's not from the type of background to talk to him on the level that he wants. Even she admitted that she was like, oh, it seems like he's really high class. And I was like, oh, man, like, I wonder where she comes from. If like she thinks like Marshall's high class, like he's solidly working class to me, but she might not come from much. Right. Yeah. There's not really a judgment call on this couple. It's over. But apparently Josh and Jackie are still together and going strong. So. Right. So I'm really excited for the reunion because I want to see all the drama. I wonder if Josh will be there. 
at the reunion. I would love to see that to see if to hear the story about Josh and Jackie and see if like because because the tea is that they're actually living together. So oh. they've been dating since the show aired. Yeah. So it's been working, apparently. Wow. Okay. That's some tea. Oh, wow. Okay. And what's interesting, too, is Jackie even says to Josh, and I think this is where she started to be really emotionally honest with herself, where she says to Josh, listen, I can't give you marriage if that's what you're actually looking for, but we can just see where these things go. And I was like, yeah, that's probably the more emotionally honest thing that she said. That's fair. Yeah. Because she probably realized like, oh, wait, like being with Marshall and the reality of marriage is actually staring her in the face. And truth be told, Marshall probably would have went through with it if she had actually gone down the aisle. She probably realized like, maybe I don't want this in my life right now, but she wants to be with someone. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm actually quite looking forward to this reunion out of all of the, the season so far. I'm looking forward to this one purely because there's just so many like cross relationships and it will be interesting to see how Chelsea feels about the conversations that, for example, between Micah and Kwame and how Paul feels about that as well. So yeah, it's going to be a messy one. And I'm here for it, to be honest. I am here for it. Yeah, a lot of emotionally explosive people. So I'm here for it. I love it when it gets messy. And will Marshall finally get his WWE match against Josh? Stay tuned. (laughs) That man gonna get himself embarrassed and I'm gonna feel bad because he doesn't deserve it, but... Yeah, I did like the bromance between Marshall and Brett, though. That was pretty cute. So as far as like the friendships on this show, Brett and Marshall, I feel like it was a much healthier relationship than what he had with Jackie. And then on the other hand, you saw that sort of uh, toxic frenemy relationship between Irena and Micah take hold. Yeah. And then I don't know the deal with Jackie. Jackie like seems like she's just Jackie, I guess. I don't know if she really had like a friendship with on the show, but... Her and Chelsea were kind of friends. And then fortunately for Tiffany, she stayed away from the crazy and focused on her relationship. So, (laughs) Yeah, she did. And also, it seems like she's got a solid group of friends anyway. So yeah, she came into it with good friends, good head on her shoulders. So yeah, I'm here. I'll be having the popcorn. I think it airs on soon, the reunion. So yeah, the reunion is going to air on April 16th. So it should have aired by the time you hear this episode. Yay. I'm glad they didn't make us wait ages for the reunion like the last time. Yeah, I'm hyped. All right. So that's our show. Let us know what you think. Check us out on the website, thefemaledatingstrategy.com. Comment on the forum. If you want to discuss this episode, sign up for the forum. Sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash thefemaledatingstrategy. Follow us on Twitter at femdatstrat and on Instagram at underscore thefemaledatingstrategy. Thanks for listening, queens. And for all you scrotes out there, you're not going to get chose. Die mad. See you next week.